Just when you thought the updates that came to student loans and programs like public service loan forgiveness were over, the Department of Education releases another round of updates to some key programs that impact your student loan balance. Tune in and see how. From Escape Student Loan Debt, it's the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast, a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving homeownership. Tax filings, family planning, insurance needs, purchasing your home, business funding, they're all impacted by your student loans. Learn from a best-in-class 14-year financial pro who has helped professionals get eight figures of student loan debt forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited. I'm Brenton Harrison, and this is the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Hello, my name is Brenton Harrison, founder of Escape Student Loan Debt and your host for the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. When I first started this podcast in earlier episodes, I alluded to the fact that my goal was to go to some foundational concepts as it relates to how you repay student loan debt and what terminology means and how it impacts your student loan balance. But we had to put some of those things to the back of the line because of some time-sensitive updates, and the goal was always, once those deadlines passed, to go to those foundational elements. But it seems like every single week, the Department of Education releases more time-sensitive deadlines that relate to those important programs. And in the past few weeks, that feeling has held true as shortly after the end of the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Limited Waiver that we've discussed in the past, there were another round of changes announced that really, really impact your balance. And if passed, will make it infinitely easier to have your student loans forgiven both under the income-driven repayment plans, but also, importantly, for a number of borrowers who are previously ineligible for public service loan forgiveness, they will now be eligible. And I want to make sure we cover how it impacts you and the timing of these changes. So this is going to be a two-part series. And in the first part, we're just going to talk about the timing of some of these changes and when you'll see these additional credits applied to your student loan account. And in part two, we'll talk about some of the lasting changes that will take place starting hopefully in July of 2023 and will be permanent fixes to some broken and flawed elements of these programs. The Department of Ed recently released a fact sheet entitled Charting the Path Forward for Public Service Loan Forgiveness. So if you're watching with us on YouTube, you can follow along in this document. If you're listening on the podcast, we will put a link to this fact sheet in the show notes so you can follow along and have it for your records. But we're going to be going in part one and part two through this document in some pretty deep detail. The Income Driven Repayment Plan Waiver and the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Limited Waiver aimed to ameliorate some of those problems by essentially going back and giving one-time credit to borrowers who had made payments in the past that would not have qualified under either plan. If you had been paying loans for years using a repayment plan that wasn't an income-driven repayment plan, this one-time adjustment would treat those payments as if they counted towards your 20 or 25 years that are needed for forgiveness. Meaning in this scenario, you could pay on an incorrect plan for 20 years, go on to an income-driven repayment plan, and have your loans distinguished. The Public Service Loan Forgiveness Waiver worked in a similar way. 
You could go back in time and any of these payments that typically would not have counted towards your 10 years of requirements would now, under this one-time adjustment, be added onto your payment total for the 120 monthly payments you would need to pursue and receive public service loan forgiveness. The problem, however, was the timing for when these credits would be applied. The Public Service Loan Forgiveness Limited Waiver ended on October 31st, on Halloween of 2022, but the Income Driven Repayment Plan Waiver had not yet released many details as to when it actually ended, when you would need to do things like consolidating your loans if you had an ineligible loan, and when credit would be applied. Well, this fact sheet charting the path forward for public service loan forgiveness gives more details as to when these credits will be applied under both programs. And what they covered was that starting in July of 2023, they would be making one-time adjustments for those previously ineligible payments, starting with the income-driven repayment plan waiver. So this takes the mystery out of the equation. We now know that the income-driven repayment plan waiver credits will start being applied in July of next year. Crucially, what they are also saying is that for any borrowers who are having this adjustment for income-driven repayment plans that were also working for eligible employers at the time of these payments will see their credits for public service loan forgiveness adjusted at that time as well. What this means is that even though the Public Service Limited Waiver expired on October 31st, they are essentially saying that as long as you make sure that you've done some key things before July of 2023, when they adjust your income-driven repayment plan count, they will also adjust your public service loan forgiveness count. Now, functionally, this means that they have kind of extended the public service loan forgiveness limited waiver, which is a great, great thing to hear for people who might have missed the deadline that passed on Halloween. Now, I say kind of because there are some differences that you'll find in the details of this fact sheet as it pertains to how credit will be assessed and when. So let's go through some of those details so you can understand them for yourself. First, and I'm reading from the fact sheet, it says a borrower who submits a public service loan forgiveness form by October 31st will have their time and repayment credited under the limited public service loan forgiveness waiver. They will also have time in deferment and forbearance as described credited to them for both the income driven repayment plan and public service loan forgiveness under the one time account adjustment in July 2023. As the department continues to process PSLF forms, borrowers may see their payment counts adjusted after October 31st, 2022. Now, what this means is if you submitted your form before Halloween, they will look at that form and the first metric they will use to figure out whether these payments count are the rules for limited public service loan forgiveness waiver. Those rules, as a recap, were that any payment you made towards any loan type of any amount on any repayment plan would count towards public service loan forgiveness as long as you worked for an eligible employer. This essentially means that it will be a much faster process of assessing this credit because it's a lower bar that they have to hit. All they have to do is make sure when they're looking at your form, if you submitted it before Halloween, that you worked for an eligible employer, that you made a student loan payment, and if you did, it counts. Now, if you were in before the deadline, you may see those credits reflected before July of 2023. 
But they are saying here that even if you don't see it before July of 2023, when that month comes around, you will have that credit reflected for both your public service loan forgiveness as well as your payments under the general income driven repayment plan rules at that time. Next, reading from the form, it says a borrower who has never applied for public service loan forgiveness and submits a form after October 31st will have their form assessed under normal PSLF rules. However, they may receive additional credit towards the program for any periods of certified employment when the one-time account adjustment occurs in July. At that point, borrowers who reach 120 qualifying payments may need to provide additional certification that they remain employed by a qualifying employer. Let's break this down. What they're saying is that if you submitted your form verifying your employment after Halloween, that instead of first applying the credits under the limited public service loan forgiveness rules, they will use the normal rules of the program, which state that you have to have an eligible repayment plan, which is an income-driven repayment plan, You have to have an eligible loan, which is a direct loan, and you have to have an eligible employer. And when they go through this process for forms submitted after Halloween, any ineligible payments will not count when they first go through that form. But when July 2023 comes around, they will, in a one-time adjustment, give you credit anyways. So it's essentially saying that if you're in that first camp that came in before the deadline, you'll have your payments counted just because you submitted that form. But if you submit after the deadline, it will first be denied and you may get a letter saying that your payments don't count. But when July of 2023 comes around, they will adjust your credits for both income-driven repayment plans and also public service loan forgiveness. This is why I'm saying they kind of extended the program. Now, crucially, the last statement in the section I just read says at that point, borrowers who reach 120 qualifying payments may need to provide additional certification that they remain employed by a qualifying employer. This is where you see the difference between the limited public service loan forgiveness waiver and the traditional rules of the program. One of the elements of public service loan forgiveness in the past is that at the time you applied for and at the time you received public service loan forgiveness, you had to be employed by an eligible employer at that time. Under the waiver, they took that rule out of the equation. And during that period of time, for people who applied before October 31st, they did not have to be employed at an eligible employer. You could be working for a a for-profit entity. And as long as you had 10 years of payments in your past history, you would have your loans forgiven anyways. What they are saying here is they are going back to the old rules. You will see that one-time adjustment occur no matter what, but if you've reached your 10 years, you cannot have those loans forgiven unless you remain at an eligible employer while you wait. That was a lot of complex information, and if it sounded like a foreign language to you, I promise if you go back a bit to the episodes we did on income-driven repayment plan and public service loan forgiveness, there will be more detailed descriptions that will make this episode a little more clear. And after the break, we'll tell you when borrowers who actually submitted their forms in advance of the deadline will start to see those payment credits reflected on their account. This is the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. 
a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving home ownership. We'll be right back. Are you interested in learning the tools and techniques we use to get student loans forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited? Well, great news. We're currently updating our flagship course, Escape Student Loan Debt, to reflect the current changes in the student loan landscape. To stay up to date on the launch of the course and opportunities to sit in on our live recording sessions, head to EscapeStudentLoanDebt.com and join our email list now. You're listening to the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Subscribe now at EscapeStudentLoanDebt.com. Welcome back. Before the break, we talked about borrowers pursuing public service loan forgiveness who will see credits to their account updated in July, whether or not they submitted the form before the October 31st deadline. But crucially, what about borrowers who did submit their public service loan forgiveness before the deadline? And also, what about the income-driven repayment plan waiver? Because one of the details that was left out of these announcements to date was what the actual deadline was for the IDR waiver itself. Now we have more clarity and let's discuss what that clarity is. You will recall that one element of the public service loan forgiveness program is that you have to have direct loans forgiven under the program. You cannot have FFEL loans forgiven even if those loans were managed by the Department of Education. Again, if that's a foreign concept to you, I invite you to go back to the episode where we cover the history of student loan debt to give you some context for what I mean when I talk about FFEL loans versus direct loans. Now, under income-driven repayment plans, you technically can have Department of Education-owned FFEL loans forgiven under income-driven repayment plans, but a good rule of thumb is to always make sure that you have a direct loan, especially during this period of time where they're giving you credit for payments you made prior to consolidating your loans. Straight from the fact sheet, it says that borrowers who do not have eligible loans will need to apply for consolidation no later than May of 2023. So there is your deadline for the income driven repayment plan waiver. If you have a privately owned FFEL loan, and I would say if you just have an FFEL loan, it needs to be consolidated to a direct loan prior to May 1st of 2023. Otherwise, you will not receive the one-time account adjustments in July of 2023. Now, if you do already have eligible loans and you have already submitted your forms for either income-driven repayment plan or public service loan forgiveness, what about then? You can see here in the section marked timing that the department will begin forgiving loans for borrowers that have reached the required monthly payments in November of 2022. So if you have an eligible loan and you have made 20 or 25 years of payments towards any repayment plan under this one time adjustment, you can start to see loans completely forgiven beginning in November of 2022, which happens to be this month. An element of both waivers for these programs was that there were some periods of deferment and forbearance that would be added on to your total. So even if you were not actually making a payment, it could be credited towards your account for either program. This is important because if you're pursuing public service loan forgiveness and they add those months of deferment and forbearance to your total and see that you either have reached or exceeded 120 months, 
you will also start to see your loans forgiven in November of 2022, again, this month. So in either scenario, if you're one of the lucky few who through these adjustments, even before July of 2023, bumps you over the hump of 120 months for public service loan forgiveness or 20 or 25 years for income-driven repayment plans, you could literally go to bed on a Tuesday with student debt and wake up on a Wednesday having escaped student loan debt. And if not, then you still have July of 2023 where they will not only make a one-time adjustment for past payment credits, they have also made a number of lasting changes to these programs that will extend beyond early next year. And in the next episode, part two of our series on these changes will tell you how that could potentially impact your loan balance. From Escape Student Loan Debt, this was the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast, a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving homeownership.